Hey everybody, welcome to the Tofugu Podcast. My name's Koichi. And my name is Michael. Hey Michael. Hi, how's it going? You know, we interviewed Brian Ashcraft. You might yeah, know him was... from Kotaku. I do know him from there. But he's also the author of a bunch of books, such as Arcade Mania, Japanese Schoolgirl Confidential, Cosplay World, and Japanese Tattoos. And I think we might have all of them in our bookshelf. Yes, we definitely have Japanese Tattoos. Japanese schoolgirl schoolgirl confidential because we reviewed both of those. Yeah, on the that's site. right. So you might be able to find them on Tofugu if you if you search for those and click on the Tofugu link. But today we actually interviewed him about a different book about a topic very close to my heart: Japanese whiskey. Colon the ultimate guide to the world's most desirable spirit. Is it the world's most desirable? How do you feel about that, Koichi? Um, it's my most desirable spirit, and I am the world. Not really. (laughs) That is is true, especially to us in the world of Tofugu. Totally. Yeah, we have a lot of whiskey in our office, so we had a really fun interview. But uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently today Uh, for this podcast. We're going to do a different style. And during the interview, we're drinking a lot of whiskey, you know, because of the Japanese whiskey podcast. And so I think we got a little bit more rambly than usual. We went off to all these like side topics. And I know how much people love those side topics and things like They've that. They've told us so on many, many occasions oh, yeah. how I'll, much they love them. Like on those one-star reviews, it's always like, oh man, <laughs> I love how off-topic they get. But yeah. we were drinking whiskey, so we, we got really off-topic. So what we're going to do today is we actually cut up the interview. We made it a little bit shorter, a little bit more succinct. Ooh, it's like I've been drinking whiskey today too. We're going to go over some of the best parts of the interview. So we, we talk about things like how does one get into drinking Japanese whiskey if you're like a rookie or someone who doesn't really know much about whiskey or even just Japanese whiskey. Michael played that role perfectly and we just fed him a bunch of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I totally played it up and pretended I didn't know anything about whiskey. Um, we also talked about what makes Japanese whiskey Japanese like versus Scottish whiskey or American whiskey or, or, you know, that famous Jamaican whiskey. But, uh, there's things about Japanese whiskey that make it, make it different from other whiskeys around the world. And there's also things that make it not different at all. Uh, we also talked about what some of the best places are in Japan to drink Japanese whiskey. So some of the best bars, distilleries, things like that, where you can really get some unique whiskey tastes. And we talked about how me and Brian Ashcraft are just like the bestest whiskey bros in the world. Like, yeah, uh, you guys were like on the same page totally. uh, as, as you guys will hear uh, in the, in the interview. It was kind of, kind of strange. I feel like you guys prepared beforehand. We did not, but, but just to I, prove I it, you didn't, like here's something that Brian asked me. What's your favorite Japanese whiskey? Probably the Hibiki 17, but it was like my favorite 10 years ago when it was $40 a bottle. Instead of like $250 a bottle. <laughs> and I think they're also like discontinuing it or putting it on pause. You know, I've been thinking about it more and more. And that is probably my favorite Japanese whiskey today. So you said that and my heart went a flutter <laughs> for a variety of reasons. I think that it's truly excellent. And it is, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Japanese whiskey has gotten more and more expensive but yeah. uh, compared to some of the older hibikis, in many ways, it's, um, it's a, I'd say it's better at least than a 21-year-old, depending on if I'm looking at my wallet or my taste buds, uh, then the, <laughs> the 30-year-old is a different question. So as you can see, we're kind of kindred spirits. Get it? Spirits? Huh? Jamal? Right? Right? I'm just talking to no one uh, because, you know, anyways. 
But uh, let's uh, let's talk about whiskey. I think you know what whiskey is. I'm assuming, generally, at least. Uh, if not, then go ahead and look it up. Read about it on Wikipedia. It's a very strong alcohol. It's uh, sometimes it tastes like old books or wood or or like flower fields or things like that. Uh, but it really depends. And uh, this time though, we're talking about Japanese whiskey, and Japanese whiskey is different from other whiskeys, at least presumably. So what makes Japanese whiskey Japanese and not Scottish, American, or, or that Jamaican whiskey we talked about earlier? I found that the answer kind of somewhat changes uh, depending on uh, whom you ask. Uh, so like uh, f- flavor-wise, uh, maybe if you ask the, the chief blender at Nika, he'll say there's no difference in the way that Japanese whiskey tastes and the way that Scotch tastes, Scotch whiskey tastes. The, the, the founder of Nika went to Scotland, learned how uh, scotch was made and then brought that back as is to Japan. Uh, other people, uh, you know, other blenders will say that it does taste different and that they're kind of the, 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 the idea behind the, the way it's made is different. My, my kind of uh, take ended up being that, that there's a lot of, uh, just because, you know, because Japanese people are making it, Japanese culture then naturally just seeps through uh, the whiskey, it's almost without thought, you know, that, that it just naturally, uh, when Japanese people mm-hmm. do anything, I found that it ends up becoming somewhat Japanese. Do you know what I mean? I could think of a few examples like curry, cell phones, cars, trains. Actually, the list goes on and on. A lot of the things that, about it that I see uh, as being uh, Japanese about it are things like the fact that there's a great deal of uh, flexibility about that. And uh, that there isn't these kind of, uh, that Japanese whiskey doesn't have the historical uh, tradition that scotch does. And it kind of has freed them up to do all these uh, uh, different uh, approaches to, to, to the way that they make it. Uh, a very easy example, a very simple example of that is that uh, um, there are very few regulations in Japan about whiskey. Uh, and some of that I think is is good. Um, so there's no like minimum, uh, uh, you know, time of maturation. Uh, there's no minimum uh, uh, APV, like bottling um, uh, the percentage of alcohol that has to be in the bottle for it to be called whiskey. Uh, so that, that kind of in a way frees them up. Um, and uh, there's not certain rules about the kinds of woods that they can use uh, for the casks as well. Um, so th- these kind of things I think have really freed them up. Now, uh, that also means that they have to, um, uh, you know, adhere to a tradition to ensure that the whiskey that they're selling outside of uh, Japan is actually whiskey. Um, so, like, uh, any whiskey that you, you buy outside of Japan conforms to Scottish uh, uh, ideas of, of, of what whiskey is. So, it's at least three years old, and, um, you know, it is uh, probably usually uh, bottled at uh, over 40%. But the, the idea that they live in a culture that there's, uh, you know, whiskey making culture there, where there's a lot of flexibility, I think then gets them thinking outside of the box uh, on a lot of the way that it's made. Uh, so, for example, you mentioned the uh, coffee, uh, Nika's coffee. So, they, they uh, coffee stills are um, a type of uh, 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 stills that are usually made for, for grain whiskey. And they decided, like, we're going to put malt in it and see what happens. So it just opens up a lot of creativity, I think, uh, with them in the culture. Mm-hmm. The other big thing that I'd say is that there's a, a, 
there's a very deep connection between Japanese whiskey and uh, uh, Japanese language. And there's a very deep connection between uh, Japanese religion as well. And um, uh, that was one of the interesting things when I went through and kind of was going through the book is that uh, you can kind of see thinking behind, like linguistic thinking behind the language then kind of appear in the whiskey as well. And it's just, a, and it's a, just how uh, the culture kind of seeps through all aspects of it. And the same thing with religion. I mean, um, you know, I, I remember when I was at the, the, uh, the Yamazaki distillery and uh, they have the, the big stills in the main still house and uh, they have the, the, the uh, emblem for uh, Santri on all the stills. And I was talking to uh, uh, one of the distillery workers there and he was re you know, referring to the lions on each side of the crest as uh, shishi. So, um, so, and then right, right behind the, the distillery is a, sh a Shinto shrine that's guarded by two shishi. Do you, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? So, it's these, 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 these uh, cultural uh, connections throughout the whiskey that you see uh, mm -hmm. that I, I think have really kind of uh, made it very much emblematic of Japanese culture and Japanese thinking. Uh, just taking a step back to uh, what you said before, um, like there's just uh, just like looking at, at the whiskeys we have right here on our table because we, we pulled mm -hmm. them all out for this interview is uh, like it's it's totally true. What you said like Japanese people, they tend to absorb other cultures and then make it Japanese. And so like I, I have like a uh, from the Fukano distillery and uh, also another Ohishi whiskey looks like they they make uh, uh, whiskey distilled from rice that is like kind of emblematic of that but for me at the same time uh, I do think that that uh, that Japanese whiskey that the industry needs to kind of start uh, codifying things in a better way uh, and, and I'll explain more what I mean so there's like no there, there aren't the kind of strict rules uh, towards whiskey that we have in the United States or, or Scotland uh, you know, they mm -hmm. don't have the equivalent of like German beer laws, right? Uh, or, or like <laughs> French, you know, uh, uh, kind of rules about like bread, right? Um, mm -hmm. And in a way that that's good because then they can, uh, uh, then then they'll they'll you'll you'll go to like uh, you know distilleries or or even like cask makers, and they'll be like, hey, we're we're gonna you know start aging uh, whiskey with uh, 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 cask, the, the lids, the, they're called the heads of cask, made from uh, cherry blossom mm -hmm. wood. And then you, and then you, try, you try spirit <laughs> that's, that's been aged in that, and you're like, wow, this uh -huh. like, smells like, like uh, you know, sakura mochi or something like that. This is, like, this mm -hmm. is amazing. Or like, uh, we're going to use uh, you know, wood, uh, like chestnut wood, and you smell it, and you're like, wow, this is like mombran. You know, this, is, this, is, this is amazing. You know? <laughs> um, so there's that kind of thinking as well. And, for years, Sundry has been doing stuff like this, like aging whiskey uh, with uh, uh, and cask. With the cask heads are are made out of uh, 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 sugi. Uh, so uh, they, they've um, you know there's a, a, a tradition of this or a history of this. It's fairly recent, but uh, but they have this kind of thinking. So it, it's the same kind of thinking that allows um, you know Nika to go like, hey, we're in this uh, you know. Uh, why don't we run malt through this coffee still and, and see what happens, you know? Uh, but at the same time, I still think that there needs to be um, uh, 
that they do need to start saying like Japanese whiskey is made from traditional grains, uh, traditional whiskey grains. And by that, I mean not rice. I don't think that Japanese whiskey should be made from rice. I really don't. Um, <laughs> and the reason why is because there's another drink that we have that is distilled from rice that has a long, proud tradition of being distilled from rice, and it's shochu. And shochu is great. <laughs> yeah. And some shochu even is distilled, some, like if it's made from rice, sometimes it's even distilled twice, and you smell it, it has this wonderful uh, aroma to mm -hmm. it. But I don't, so when I see, uh, uh, so when I see uh, rice whiskeys, I, uh, those are often seem to be designed towards export. And uh, th I think that they're really shochu uh, because of, there's a different process with the malting, obviously, for rice because uh, you can't malt it in the same way. I mean, you have to use koji, kojikin the, the, to, to do it too. So it's totally different. Right. It's a different process. So that's why I always wish that they would uh, kind of separate it and just say, this is shochu. Shochu is great. Uh, drink it and you'll really like it. We promise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, I, I feel like that they need to be more strict about like that. Recently in Japan, if you walk into a, a liquor store, there's all sorts of whisk, like quote unquote Japanese whiskeys that are appearing on shelves and you smell them and you taste them and you're like, this is just like white liquor mm. with like caramel coloring that probably was put into a cask for a few months. So, <laughs> um, that, that kind of freedom that they have, the mm -hmm. flexibility that they have is really good because I think that the flexibility... Like, I'm sure you guys would agree, Japanese culture is pretty flexible in many ways. Uh, um, like, it, you know, it's like, oh, here's a bunch of Chinese yep. culture. Okay, we're going to do something with that. And then, you know, different culture comes in. They're like, okay, we'll do something with that. And so, I think it's really, it's really good that they're, that they're open to new things. Um, but I still think that they need to kind of say like, look, you have, to, you have to age it at least three years, you know, to call it whiskey. It needs to be uh, uh, a bottle that maybe a certain percentage, but uh, you can't, uh, you, you know, you can't s sell anything as as whiskey. Well, one thing I like about Japanese whiskeys is that they do tend to be pretty smooth compared to like American or I guess Scottish whiskeys. I don't know. That's just the kind of the, the feeling I get. I don't have any facts to back that up, but um, like I didn't like whiskey until I started drinking Japanese whiskey and then... Um, I think that's just because it's a lot easier to drink and then I was able to get into it more and then right. get into things that are a little bit more peaty, which I didn't like before, but, uh, I wasn't able to do that with like uh, Jack think, Daniels or I think the whatever. Japanese whiskey is very friendly. Whiskey like that. And I think that that's, I would say that that's kind of one of the, yeah. um, I'd say that's a characteristic of Japanese whiskey. It's very approachable. Uh, it, it's very smooth. Uh, it's incredibly balanced. Japanese whiskey is, uh, generally very balanced. Uh, so even if you try something that, uh, I mean, there are exceptions to this, obviously, um, but uh, stuff that, that is supposed to be peaty and you try it and you're like, well, that's actually not so peaty if I'm comparing it to like a, a super peaty, uh, 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 yeah. you know, scotch. And um, so, I've, you know, I mean, I've talked to Japanese uh, blenders about that and there's a lot of different theories. You know, one of they'll say, well, maybe it's because of the water that, that we use, uh, but I think personally, my kind of, uh, you know, my theory is that, you know, when you eat Japanese food that uh, you're supposed to eat everything kind of all at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't just eat all of your rice and then eat all right. of your meat. You know, you don't eat it like you, if you do that, you'll get yelled at, you know, like if you're a kid, mm -hmm. your parents will <laughs> admonish you and tell you, tell, tell you to eat it all. Like you're supposed to basically right, right. start, start, yeah, start it. 
and then finish yeah, it all at the that. same time. <laughs> and, and, and because of that, I think that that makes Japanese whiskey uh, balanced. And I don't think that even <laughs> Japanese blenders or whiskey makers are, mm. um, are like, uh, have some sort of dogma. They're like, we must make balanced whiskey. I think that their natural palate is like that <laughs> because that's how Japanese eat food, you know? Um, and so it, it just carries through to the whiskey. And then what that ultimately means is you get these like very approachable and balanced whiskeys. I mean, Japanese food is very uh, approachable and balanced and, and, and flavorful. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's no surprise mm-hmm. that the same uh, culture that produced that would then produce whiskey like that as well. So I've always thought, I think that that's very interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The, the flavors of Japanese whiskey are, they feel very Japanese for some reason. I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but I think maybe, maybe, maybe what you said was, was right on the money. Yeah. I think that that, I think that also, cause they, the way that they'll, uh, especially with blends and stuff, uh, they'll kind of blend. And I, again, I think this is just subconscious, you know, this is just how people just cause of the, the food that they eat, they'll, they'll, um, they, they don't want to overpower stuff, you know, that everything yeah. wants to support something else because uh, uh, a lot of Japanese food, uh, one aspect of the dish then is is supported by another aspect of the dish, and then that creates like a harmony within the dish. And um, you guys are making me so hungry. I, I know I'm, I'm getting hungry as well. I really am. Uh, I'm getting hungry as well. Eat your whiskey, Michael. Eat my <laughs> and then the- <laughs> no dinner till I get my finish my whiskey. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then I think that then then that ends up being also emblematic of the written language. And I think that for like, especially for Suntory, when you see like the, the, the calligraphy on the bottles, that isn't like just some marketing gimmick, you know, uh, that is the same kind of uh, expression of, of, of balance. And that if you, even when you, you know, look at beautiful Japanese calligraphy, there may be a lot of uh, emotion and feeling put into the brushwork but there's a certain uh, balance to it. And if not, the, the, the calligraphy just kind of like falls over and collapses on itself. Um, so you have all these connections between like, like Japanese culture and, and its whiskey that, that if, um, if you look, you know, if you, if you kind of, if you, if you take a closer look, it makes the experience of drinking Japanese whiskey all the more enjoyable. It seemed as though we didn't know as much as we thought. So we started asking what Japanese whiskeys would be good for foreigners. To start, Brian asked Michael. Do you usually drink whiskey? Are you a uh, seasoned whiskey drinker? Um, I, I am not. I, I, I'm starting to like it now. I think the first like four or five times, I didn't know how to appreciate it. Right. We'll say. Um, and I felt like it was wasted on me, so I stopped drinking it for a while. But, but recently, I've had some. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to, starting to taste it. Actually, um, a, something about your book. I wanted to let you know, as I was reading it, uh-huh. I started getting thirsty. Oh, nice. Whiskey. Oh, good. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. So, uh, definitely whiskey is an acquired taste. Um, so because of that, uh, you know, you have to, I'd say, well, the reason why, the reason why it is an acquired taste is that, uh, you're contending with a, a high alcohol percentage. So, mm-hmm. uh, you have to learn how to, overcome that or surpass it or even contend with that high percentage of, of <laughs> alcohol to, to get to the aromas and flavors that people enjoy so much about whiskey. And, right. and, and the way that you do that is just drink more whiskey. So, um, 
Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so it seems like I'm pushing through. You, I'm, I'm you, I mean, getting there. Yeah, you have to, you do, there becomes a moment, like, I think when people first start uh, drinking whiskey, uh, you'll hear uh, more seasoned whiskey drinkers talk about certain flavors and aromas. And uh, you may initially just go like, all I'm getting is the smell of alcohol or, or just the mm-hmm. quote unquote, <laughs> the smell of whiskey, right? Uh, and yeah. you're not quite able to pinpoint like uh, other, uh, if somebody says, oh, this smells like old books or, uh, you know, this smells <laughs> like uh, a field it's of flowers. my fl- favorite flavor. Yeah, so a field of flowers <laughs> or like, like leather or, or uh, you know, you're kind of like, what? You know, uh, but it's, it's just a matter of becoming uh, 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 more familiar with the, the aromas and flavors in whiskey and uh, being able to kind of push on through uh, the high percentage of alcohol, to be honest. Well, he's also had two cup, uh, gl- two glasses of whiskey. Okay. Before yeah. this as well, so I don't know if that what, what, would would play. What did you yeah, have? Which what did you have before that? He, he had the Hibiki Harmony for the first one. Yeah, Excellent. I had that. Um, I had the Nika and then the Nika Coffee, coffee grain. grain. Those are great starters. Great. Um, and then did oh that's that's where you're at right now. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, those are great, great, great ones to start with. Um, uh, let's see. And then what are the other, uh, remaining, remaining bottles there? The Taketsuru. Okay. Pure malt. Okay. We have a Suntory Toki. What about that one with Ume? Is that one no, good? That, that, good Koichi? That's awful. Oh, <laughs> we have, uh, uh, EY, I think I, it's far away by Mars. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a Hakushu looks like 12 years. Mm-hmm. We have a, we have another Akashi, but I can't see the bottle. It's just a general bottle of whiskey right. and it's pretty good. Um, we have Hibiki 17, which you better not say that yeah, you can have. No, I, um, you can't have that. Right? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. I think, hey, I'll work up uh, to that one. I think that might be what we have out here right now. Uh, I would say, um, I would say like the Takatsu Pure Malt uh, is, would be a good, would be a good third one. Um, yes, that's what I said. We need to go drink whiskey. Yes, sometime. we do. I mean, I would enjoy it. <laughs> the reason why is I'd say that it, it's kind of a, uh, it, it's an excellent, it's the one without an age statement, right? So, um, uh, it's an excellent, uh, yeah. introduction to, uh, to how, uh, I think, uh, Nico blends and to their malts. I mean, you're getting malt from Yuichi and, uh, you know, their other distillery as well. So, um, it's, um, I, I think that that would be a good, um, uh, third one, a good one to work up to. Uh, it's not as, it's not going to be as, as, uh, as robust as, uh, a Yoichi single malt. But, um, mm-hmm. I think that if you're just finding your bearings, uh, then it'll be a good way to compare, um, the, uh, the, the Suntory whiskeys that you've already had. So, um, I would, I would recommend that. One thing I would recommend though, is that, uh, for, for any whiskey that you're drinking, there's no need to rush. Sometimes even after you pour it, mm-hmm. just let it sit there, let it breathe, let it, you know, let, let it get some, some air in it. Sometimes whiskeys will really open up. Uh, if you, um, if, if you, if, depending on how, what your tolerance for, for, for uh, uh, liquor is, to be honest, you might want to put a few drops of water in there. Sometimes that just helps open it up. I would take a sip of it before, just, just straight, just to get kind of your bearings with it. And then maybe add a, uh, uh, a little bit of water and sometimes whiskeys can really open up that way. Um, uh, and okay. So like, just like a couple drops or yeah, just should it be s- like, just put it right under uh, the Don't faucet. put it under the faucet, please. <laughs> just, uh, if you, I'm sure you have, See, this good- is why he's not allowed to do the 17 year. He's probably not falling out of his chair. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, if you have good, 
if you uh, have good tap water, what I would do is fill another glass with that, obviously, uh, and then get a, maybe a small spoon and uh, uh, just, you know, make sure that the, uh, the tap water isn't, you don't want cold because if it's cold, then that'll kind of change the flavor of the whiskey. Um, and uh, you don't want it hot, mm -hmm. so just make it sure it's kind of like at room temperature. Put a, maybe a spoon, a small uh, spoonful of that in and or just even a few drops at first and see how it opens up and then kind of go from there. Um, okay. And, uh, okay. you, you know, you may, you may find out that you, you enjoy whiskey uh, with, you know, a little more water in it. Some people, I usually, unless it's, for me personally, unless it's uh, bottled at a very, very high, high percentage, I usually just drink mine as is. Um, uh, mm -hmm, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's different, you know, um, maybe, maybe you want to add some soda, maybe you want to add some ice, uh, there, there, there's a lot of, you know, we're talking about flexibility, but there's a lot of flexibility in how, how you should drink it as well. It's whatever you like, basically, um, you know, whatever you think fits your palate best to help you enjoy it, uh, do that, I think. So awesome. So if, if you were to suggest any whiskey for, I guess someone someone who's not very experienced in in whiskey in right. general, um, who wanted to try to drink Japanese whiskey. What what is the one thing that you would uh, recommend? Yes, please recommend. I would just whiskey. I would say uh, dr just drink Hibiki Japanese Harmony. Um, it, like yeah, it, it's affordable. Good. I mean, it, affordable within the realm of Japanese whiskey. Uh, you know, I think personally, I'd say it's better than the twelve year old. I'd even say it's better than the twenty one year old. Um, yeah, like that, that may be kind of a, a crazy thing to say, but I, I really feel that it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just an excellent representation of, of Japanese whiskey. And um, it, it kind of checks all the boxes for me. Um, uh, and then, it, <laughs> then the other great thing is that you can actually get it and it's not uh, insanely, ex and you don't have to, when you buy it, you don't have to feel like, oh, I can't drink this because this one, uh, this one dram is costing me X amount of money, you know? You can enjoy it. You can enjoy yeah. it. And I think that that's really the purpose of it. Uh, I think that if you're, um, you know, if, if you've kind of found, found your, your, your sea legs, so to speak, then uh, I, the next, I think, logical recommendation would be the uh, uh, Yoichi single malt without the age statement, the non-age statement one, uh, which also is uh, affordable, but you kind of get um, just a very uh, 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 robust spirit. It's made from a great spirit. I think uh, Nika dis makes the best spirit in Japan. Uh, I think Suntory is better at aging and maturation and, and how they, they move whiskeys between, you know, um, uh, how, they, how they use casks. So um, uh, I think the, each, both of those makers have, have different uh, strengths and they're both excellent at blending. But uh, I would say that that would then be the next kind of logical uh, uh, introduction or step, maybe, so to speak, in your whiskey education, I guess. With all that talk of whiskey, we wanted to know more about the best places to drink it. Of course, if you want to drink Japanese whiskey, Japan is going to be a great place to do it. You can get it all, and you're not limited by what's imported to your country. Although Japanese whiskey is getting more popular outside of Japan, it's still just a drop in the bucket when it comes to all that Japan has to offer. Not only are there Centauri and Nika bottles you can't get, but there are many smaller whiskey distilleries in Japan as well. I like Mars. Um, I like... Uh, uh, uh the name of that company is Hondo uh, Shizou. Uh, so I really like their uh, Mars whiskey. I like their releases. Um, they have a, uh, you know, they're, they're very, they've been very good at uh, releasing affordable blends. 
uh, now those a lot of the one thing that if you're really really like going to be like a, a purist about about Japanese whiskey, uh, for, you know, for me I think that that I think that it needs to be distilled in Japan. And recently uh, there have been companies releasing Japanese not not like uh, you know not like a, a Nika or Suntory or the big famous ones, uh, but there have been um, companies releasing. Japan whiskey is Japanese whiskey, but it's actually imported Scotch whiskey that's been aged in Japan. Um, Mars Mars is not doing that. Mars is distilling, is is making its own uh, whiskey. But for blends, uh, they have in the past been blending uh, their uh, domestic uh, malt uh, 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 spirit with the with a grain spirit that they've imported. Uh, from outside the country, and that's how they've been releasing affordable blends. Uh, and um, moving forward, I don't think they're going to be doing that as much. I think they're probably just going to be filtering on like like single malts. Um, uh, but uh, mm. uh, they they, uh, they like they have one release called Twin Alps, and uh, it's very very inexpensive here in Japan. Um, and I've always admired that because it's. I think that you know, knowing that they can't they can't make their own grain spirit, like I thought they've done a good job of blending it with imported spirit, and uh, all of their their uh, their uh, you know other whiskeys I think have been really really good. Uh, I just really like that. Just sort of I like kind of the the flavors that they get, uh, the kind of the, the the maltiness that that I get from a lot of their whiskeys. So I really like uh, Vimmel, uh, Mars a lot. Uh, I really like. Uh, I mean. You can't talk about small uh, whiskey makers in Japan without um, uh, mentioning uh, Chichibu, and I think that Chichibu is, uh, you know, ha- has done so much for the Japanese whiskey industry in the sense that it provided a roadmap for a lot of uh, uh, younger uh, or newer companies are showing that you know we don't have to just uh, that it just doesn't have to only be uh, Suntory and Nika, that, that there's another way for, for people to make, um, uh, you know, whiskeys as well. Newer people, you know, the name of that company is actually a Venture Whiskey, and they're kind of like a, a, a you know, venture business. Uh, so I think that you can't uh, uh, mention smaller makers without mentioning them. Uh, the, the, the kind of the problem with Chichibu is that, and it's not their fault, is that their, their whiskeys tend to, to be very expensive. Um, so, so I think that uh, they do release a Alton uh, grain that uh, is, is uh, um, uh, I think, fairly priced. And again, that's going to be uh, malt, uh, going to be malt that they that, that they've made, and then grain that's been grain, you know, grain spirit that has that's imported and that they've blended it. And I, you know, generally speaking, I think for for you know, if, if a whiskey, a Japanese whiskey company, is simply taking imported spirit. Putting it in wood in Japan uh, and then selling it as Japanese whiskey—I have a huge problem with that. But for a lot of the smaller whiskey makers, because I know how expensive, like just the basic equipment to make, uh, a, you know, a grain a grain spirit is, uh, these smaller, uh, you know, uh, makers just can't—they don't have the, either the space or the money, or you know, they just can't make their own spirit. And then there's not, you know, Suntory obviously makes their own grain spirit in Japan. Nika makes their own grain spirit in Japan, obviously. Uh, but these are, you know, huge 
companies with huge elaborate setups, so they're able to do that. Uh, and then these smaller companies don't have kind of access to that spirit. So they really have no choice but to import it. So I'm willing to kind of let that slide. And so if I were to like recommend like, like I'd say the, the malt and grain, it's just a very good blend and kind of, you can get a good insight into to, to Japanese blending with that. And it's also not, you know, the, the, I think the pricing on that is fair. Uh, and uh, but some of their other kind of entry level releases, at least in Japan, are, are, are fairly priced as well. Uh, the distillery that I'm, uh, uh, I guess, more recently just uh, very, very excited about is uh, Akeshi in Hokkaido. And they have just, uh, they've recently started um, uh, distilling and they've released uh, just their uh, their newborn spirit, their new make, their new pot, uh, which is, it's just, you know, unaged uh, whiskey. And if you've never had uh if you never had, it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not as good as actual whiskey, I think, and but it's interesting. And uh, so far, uh, what I've tasted has been really good. I, I think that uh, that uh, that uh, the the thinking at that distillery is very interesting. And I think that in the future that they're gonna um, uh, the st- the spirit that they're getting now is really good. So I think that in the future they're gonna uh, release some really spectacular whiskeys. Nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to try that one at some point. Yeah, I hope you do. I, I you know, um, I, I think w- one thing that I think everybody should kind of just keep in the back of their minds is that right now uh, Japanese whiskey is very expensive, and there's a there's mm-hmm. a there's a dearth of age statements. Right? You know, you can't get uh, a, a lot of whiskey with age statements on it because uh, it became enormously popular. People all around the world just started buying it up, and uh, people in Japan as well, and uh, all the older stock uh, is, is a lot of it's gone, and so and you can't make you know you can't make a you know a, 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 an eighteen year old whiskey like overnight. It takes time, and so uh, but one thing that I think that people who really like older whiskeys maybe uh, you know uh, uh, should should take uh, solace in is that the, the Olympics are coming up, and uh, you can bet that these uh, big uh, uh, whiskey makers, even the small ones are well, are have an eye on that, have an eye on 2020, and are going to release really interesting, uh, uh, b- delicious uh, whiskeys at that point. So uh, I think that, that that's really something to look forward to. That now that you know, we're, sometimes it feels like ah, oh, you know, I, you know, I wish I could get like you know some older, uh, 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 you know, easily get some older Yoichi whiskeys, but I can't. But uh, I think that. 2020s uh, coming up. I think that a lot of these companies uh, hopefully should have uh, some some uh, interesting releases then. Uh, so that's something that I you know I really look forward to. So what about if you don't want to get a whole bottle? Where are the great Japanese whiskey bars, and where can you try a lot of whiskeys a little bit at a time for you know not $250 a pop? If you're going to come to Japan, uh, you pretty much any like most bars that you can go to any big city are going to be good, right? Like, like, mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to get excellent service. Often, uh, often the thing is though, um, if you want to drink Japanese whiskey, there aren't as many Japanese whiskey specialty bars as you would think, uh, that, that really just, that's all they serve. There are, you know, there's bars that have like, you know, you could go to like, uh, you know, there, there's bars that maybe have like a thousand bottles and they have a big collection of Japanese whiskey, but the actual number of Japanese whiskey, like specialty bars is smaller than 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 you would think, 
And uh, there's a, you know, there, so for like in Tokyo, the probably the most famous one is uh, Zotrope. Uh, I, it's, you know, they have a really good collection. If you just want, want to go and see, like kind of get Japanese whiskey, the, 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 the kind of the, the one drawback of that bar is that it's usually very incredibly crowded. Uh, there's, the, 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 there's, you know, one bartender and he's always incredibly busy. So your service may vary depending on how, how, how busy it is to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, but if you, if you're in Tokyo and, and you just need Japanese whiskey, they've got, they've got it, you know, and you can get, you can get stuff, uh, there. Um, but, uh, some people might feel that it's because it's been mentioned so much because it's come, become so famous that it, that it might, you know, feel, uh, 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 somewhat touristy, which is, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that that's actually a fair criticism. Oh. Um, but, uh, you know, I would that runs a bar, like really obviously knows, uh, Japanese whiskey inside and out. But I would say that if you're going to come to Japan and you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna drink, uh, Japanese whiskey, you need to come to Osaka. You know, you just, you just really, you just really need to come to Osaka. Yeah, of course you say that. Of course. Just kidding. You know, <laughs> and, and the reason why I say that is that, that, that uh, Tokyo is a great city. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy Tokyo very much. I enjoy going there you know, very much for work. Um, but? But, uh, the, <laughs> but? But, dot, 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 the home of Japanese whiskey is Osaka. The, the company that Takatsuru worked for, it sent him to Scotland to study uh, how whiskey was made, was an Osaka company. Setsu Shuzo, that was an Osaka company. Uh, after that, he met, you know, uh, he then set up the Yamazaki, the Yamazaki di uh, distillery uh, with Kotobukiya, which is, a, which, you know, now Suntory, that's an Osaka company. So you can't, uh, you, know, um, you know, often I read things like the best bars to go in Tokyo. Well, that's great because a lot of people are going to Tokyo. You can Google that. You can get a good list. Uh, pretty much uh, most bars you go to, in Tokyo are going to be great. You're going to, they're just going to have excellent selection and you're going to have a wonderful time and the service will be impeccable. But uh, I think you really need to come to Osaka. What I would recommend is if you are in, uh, if you're getting off at Shin Osaka Station, take a, go march straight over to Bar Keith. It's a great bar, Japanese whiskey oh. specialty bar. Hmm. Uh, it's what, what was the name of that again? Bar Keith. Bar Keith. Yeah. Keith like Keith like like uh like Keith Richards. Like Keith Richards, but I think it was named after Keith uh, Jarrett, the jazz musician. So, uh, and okay. it originally they had like originally the bar was like they they had bourbon and scotch and like all this other stuff, and then the 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 master there like was so moved by Japanese whiskey, he's like, this is now a Japanese whiskey bar. That's what we do. You know, um, and so he like now that's what he he focuses in. The bar is very comfortable. You know, it's uh, uh, it says they have an excellent selection. So I, that's where that's where I'd recommend to be honest. Um, there's other you can go further south. Uh, there's great places. Uh, uh, you know, there's um, uh, you can get excellent cocktails at like Barquet and all these other places. Uh, but uh, uh, I just can't uh, underscore how important it is to understand uh, those basic Kansai flavors for Japanese whiskey. Now, there's obviously new distilleries everywhere. Chichibu is going to be Kanto, so they're going to have kind of a different take. And uh, I, I think that that kind of regional difference is very interesting. Uh, but the heart of it is going to be, for, for my money, it's still going to be Kansai. Okay, so everyone listening, uh, you go to Bar Keith, but don't tell no. anyone. <laughs> right, so right. Get, so so, so right. does it become like zoetrope? 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, only if you're, you've listened to this podcast, but don't tell your well, friends. And and of course you can uh, you can go to the distilleries. Um, yes. Set your family on the tour and then just kind of walk to the bar. Yes. So before we finish up the rest of the interview, Michael and I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about Brian's book, Japanese Whiskey, The Ultimate Guide to the World's Most Desirable Spirit. Uh, you know, he was very nice and he didn't really talk much about it. Uh, he was very giving in this interview, I think. So we want to <laughs> yeah, talk about was. it. Uh, we want to toot his horn as it were. Ooh. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Toot his horn. Toot his horn. <laughs> we want gotta to lean into it. Yeah, we want to. Nope, I was going to say something that would have ended up being worse. You can uh, leave <laughs> we'll, a review we'll and with, guess what it might be. <laughs> let's, let's stick with horn tooting. Yeah, but we, we read his book uh, before we did an interview, and, and like, there was no way we could talk about all the different topics that were in the book. Um, so I thought it would be, it would be fun to kind of go through some of the things that were in it, some of the things we learned. Um, and uh, yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, I think for me, uh, if I just want to throw out some general and like broad impressions I had of the book. Um, as you probably could tell from the interview, I don't know much about whiskey or I, I would say I, I knew much less before I read the book. It really goes through the history of it, which for me personally, I like history. Um, so it was very easy to read and very fun to read. Um, and, uh, uh, the, the history was really surprising. Uh, I don't know if you, can you give spoilers to history? Uh, I don't know, but I don't want to spoil it. I, I feel like the, the story of Japanese whiskey is, is actually really cool. It was, it's more like, I, I guess before I just thought like, oh yeah, Japan had contact with the West. Here comes whiskey. Japan makes whiskey, but it's, it's a little more complicated and interesting than that. So I really appreciated, uh, Brian's depth of research he did. Um, and, and I guess the way he presents it, which kind of comes through in all his writing because he's a web writer he really knows how to keep things punchy, uh, like really make things readable. Yeah. But without being, it's a, it's like, a big book, but yeah. it, it was a quick read. Um, yeah, really a lot was. of cool, good pictures. Uh, I'll give you a history spoiler. Uh, one thing that we actually cut from the interview is, uh, he, he told us about how Commodore Perry, I think was it Commodore Perry. I think it was, yeah. Came Guy. to the U S and like the, or came to Japan, excuse me. And like he brought like three things to kind of show, which are like whiskey. Uh, they brought like a small train with like train tracks that they set up. Yeah. And then they also brought, what was the third thing? Oh yeah. I mostly remember the train and the whiskey. Um, cell phones. No. Um, anyways, like we were just talking about how like the three things that Commodore Perry brought were the three things that Japan mastered like in the, in the long mm -hmm. run. And they just like really right, made it their yeah. own. Like trains are like, I mean, they're not Japanese invention, but they're, they're super Japanese. And same with whiskey. Like it's not a Japanese invention, but they made it their own. And then the third thing, you'll have to read the book to find out. Cause yeah. I totally forgot what it was, but yeah, See, it is. You, you, you didn't uh, totally spoil it. You, you made it a teaser. That's right. If I remember it before the end, I'll, I'll just blurt it out. But, um, yeah, I, actually, the part that I liked the most, um, the history, I, I knew some of that. And then there was, there was actually an NHK drama, I believe it was NHK, that was about um, like the history of Nico whiskey, which was pretty good. So like, that's how interesting it is. They made it into a TV show. But uh, the part I liked was actually all the, the tasting notes and the uh, scores for all the whiskeys. And uh, Brian actually had, well, he wanted to get someone who's Japanese because I think it, it, he said he would give it a different perspective. 
um, or, or like a Japanese perspective for Japanese whiskey, which is important. Um, but he got uh, someone who is a pretty well-known um, blogger about Japanese whiskey, who tries things, who writes about different whiskeys. And he spends all his own money on whiskey. So, you know, he's not like getting perks for saying good things about certain whiskeys. And he, he like in the book, he actually rates all the whiskeys and he doesn't relate them or he doesn't rate them uh, according to price. So that, that was the cool thing for me and something I was curious about as I was going through those scores. But uh, he, you know, like it, there's some surprising ratings. Like I think the Hibiki 17 got a higher rating than the 21. Um, even though it's a, a shorter year. And I, I agree with that rating wholeheartedly. Um, and there's other things like that. So you can find like some good whiskeys that are not uh, as expensive yet because they're not famous like Hibiki or like uh, some of the like other Suntory whiskeys. Um, and uh, yeah, like there, I have a big old list of whiskeys I want to buy and try that are, are not that expensive yet. Yeah, and that's a good point that, you know, when at, at the time of the, the publishing of this, the time of this podcast, I guess, if you're listening to it right as it comes out, they're not famous. So if you go get the book right now <laughs> and you find those like whiskeys, then you'll be like ahead of the curve. And, you know, five years down the line when they're really expensive, then you're like, haha, I'm sitting in my palace, my, my palace made of whiskey bottles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. A lot of these whiskeys, and they really grow in price. And if I had bought Hibiki like 10 years ago, it would have been like five, six times growth. But um, right. it's better to drink them and enjoy them. Okay, so that book was Japanese Whiskey, The Ultimate Guide to the World's Most Desirable Spirit by Brian Ashcraft. Uh, I recommend if you're interested in whiskey or, or want to learn more about Japanese whiskey to go check it out. You can get it on Amazon um, or presumably wherever books are sold, at least good books. Um, so now that we, uh, we tooted Brian's horn for him, it's time to, I think, let Brian get the last word in. Does that sound good to you, Michael? Sounds good to me. I love the sound of his voice, so play that sweet clip. He did a good job of summing everything up, I think. Here we go. Japanese whiskey is, is very much emblematic of, of the country when it was made. I mean, it's, uh, it's no accident that... The first uh, Japanese whiskey, was, you know, is called White Label, and the, the second whiskey after that is had a Red Label. You know, I mean, that's the Japanese flag right there for you. So I think even from its uh, inception, uh, when Japanese people began um, uh, making uh, proper uh, whiskey in Japan, there was there was a very there was a uh, there was very much a a uh, acute awareness of the fact that they were making Japanese whiskey and that uh, because of that Japanese whiskey has never simply been uh, Japan's version of so scotch you know that it, it, it has its, its own history and its own tradition and uh, it, it's made from its own point of view and so um, I think that, that uh, you know once you, you, uh, you, know, you understand that and you, you appreciate that then it really kind of opens it. It opens up to uh, it, it opens up a, to a whole new world where you can see connections between uh, the language and the culture and uh, the religion. I mean, right behind uh, the Yamazaki Distillery, there's a Shinto shrine, and uh, every every fall they have a ceremony to uh, the founder of Suntory, and they have a Shinto priest come out and 
say blessings and they have uh, you know on either side of the shrine there are uh, casks of, of Yamazaki whiskey so uh, the the connections uh, between Japan and the culture uh, and uh, its whiskey are, are deep and uh, delicious okay everybody thanks so much for listening to our podcast uh, that'll do it for today if you can uh, help us out and give us a rating and review on iTunes it'll it'll help us to destroy NHK and send them back to hell. Terrible NHK who does all kinds of terrible things. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. And if all you that leave a wonderful review, programming. And if you leave a review and a rating, uh, we'll maybe read them out loud like this one, which is four stars, which is kind of on the cusp of where we'd start not reading them. I think we mostly read one and five star reviews. So, you know, just you can just do five. You don't have to do one to get read. But uh, this one by <laughs> Saikin Guy, who says, Solid podcast, four stars. Oh, my. This is, oh, this is rough. Okay, ready? Feeding frenzy from F-words. fancy fish? Find fortuitous facts folded flat for friendly fellows. Follow our friends frolicking frantically from France forever. Forget fun? Falling freaky faceless fat frogs. <laughs> Feminine. The podcast has done quite well. Oh, they really just changed their huh? <laughs> Lots of helpful information. If you can, tune out the class clown. You know who you are. Ooh, who is Do the I? class clown? It could be either of us, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or probably Kristen, always cracking jokes. Mm, definitely. Just like yep. punning it up. But uh, thank you so much for that four-star review. And yeah. uh, if you want to have your review read or if you want to do a shout-out for your, your loved ones or, or, your, or if you want to declare war to a rival gang or something like that, uh, just leave it in the reviews and we might read it out loud. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, I guess, uh, go, go drink some Japanese whiskey is our action item today. Yeah. It's a very good action item. I think, or, or, or don't, if you don't drink, then just, uh, just enjoy the knowledge that you have. Right. No peer pressure here. No peer pressure. Just Unless pure you pressure. Be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Glug, glug, glug. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye.